Good evening. Amen. <laughs> well, I'm so thankful that God has given this opportunity for me. Three years back, I was here. And thank you very much for praying for our ministry. Please do continue to pray that the Lord may help us to carry this ministry, reach out to our people back in home. We started our ministry in very southern tip of India. Uh, it's uh, almost here. And, uh, but I was saved through a missionary work over here when I was serving in the Indian Army Force. Then God led us over here to start in a small ministry of reaching out with gospel. Then that uh, led us to establishing local church. From there, we involved in training nationals. Though we start in very southern tip now, uh, we work all 30 states of India, plus Nepal and uh, Bhutan in a small country here, and Myanmar. We are on the process of sending some missionaries to Pakistan and Bangladesh, even uh, uh, Sri Lanka. India now we have almost over than 1.35 billion people. It's uh, almost uh, one-fifth of the total population of the globe lives there. And uh, it's uh, 80% Hindus. And second largest Islamic population in the world lives in India. And then we have Sikh, Jainism, Buddhism, Catholics, and uh, you name anything that we have in India. And uh, all the ministry goes from People's Baptist Church in Trivandrum, India. Uh, this is my second church, and established in 1980. Uh, my first church is 400 kilometer north of Trivandrum, but after establishing this church, we start the Bible Institute, and our aim is to training this national sending. All the ministry goes from this church. In case if you are in Trivandrum, you can come to our church. This is our first service, but unfortunately, that is in Malayalam, our language. But if you come for our second service, it's in English. Uh, we have a lot of English-speaking people there, so we have a second uh, service in English. And the Lord is blessings. We've been able to have an, a um, new building. It's a, actually in a congested area to get a land building a new building. It's a lot of problem there. So we've been able to just uh, uh, expand as much as we can in this building. We can see nearly 400 people. Uh, God is blessing. And our church is growing. And uh, we've been able to add people, uh, leading them to the Lord Jesus Christ and discipling and baptizing and uh, became the members. Just two weeks back, since our 40th anniversary, we have 17 other people got baptized and our jo uh, joined our church. We praise God for the growth of the church over there. India is a big country. Uh, from uh, south to north is in a, uh, almost 4,000 kilometers, and uh, we have 120 major languages. We work with 42 different languages. There are 1,800 different dialects. That led us uh, to training more nationals, so we started a small Bible institute over here in 1980, and it became a Bible college in 1990. Uh, from there, it became a seminary in 2000. Our aim is training these people, motivating them, helping them to put in the ministry. Over 2,950 people have been graduated until uh, this year, which means in the month of March. Out of that, 2,500 people working with our ministry, planting churches across India. 
that's one of the goal to training these people and motivating them helping them to get the ministry during this summer time we send out teams every summer as they go god began to burden their hearts after four years of their training uh, god already just we had to work in their hearts uh, to go to a particular place to start a church there and our college began to grow though we started in a very small rented building from there to that god began to bless our first college now uh, we have a uh, 235 students this year and uh, this is the first and second year students in the college and uh, then we have the third and fourth years we train in every areas of ministry in fact we have got a girl from australia uh, training in our college almost uh, three years there and uh, uh, we thank god for training these people and sending different parts of india and with a graduate and uh, Nearly 78% of our graduates end up in church planting, helping the church planting ministries uh, along with uh, other ministries. Our aim is to reach out, so we also got extension school, extension school for laymen, those who got saved later in their life. They are called to the ministry. They cannot leave their families and responsibilities, so the Bible college goes to them. Along with that extension training, we began to work with them to plan churches in villages. So there are 14 extension schools going on, uh, nearly 600 uh, students studying in that. And out of that, we've been able to plan many churches. They have access, then evening they will go and we reach out with the people and hold gospel meetings. People, those who are saved, we lead them one by one to Lord Jesus Christ. Then we have follow-up ministry along with these people. Then finally, we establish a local church there and uh, forming churches for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the one uh, thing that God just put a desire in our hearts, not only winning souls, discipling, maturing by establishing local churches so that God can just use this church, reach out the community. Then I said, India is a long country and uh, the different culture, different food, different uh, languages. So we've been praying to have another college in northern part of India, having in mind to reach to Pakistan and Afghanistan and uh, out of the North Indian states. So we've been able to just start some churches in the place called Punjab, that is uh, in this area. And we've been able to just start a college there. Before that, we start planting some churches there. Uh, so this is our second college, nearly 4,000 kilometers north of Trivandrum, and founded in 2013. And uh, uh, God enabled us to uh, have 150 students being graduated through the extension school ministry there. Then uh, we are presently 56 students because of lack of space. Uh, and uh, we turned down nearly 40 students this year because uh, we don't have enough place to keep them. And uh, these students are growing. Uh, it's all in the rented building. We've been able to acquire a couple of buildings for the girls to stay. And we've been able to get a piece of land now. And we are on the process of building uh, some men's dormitory and classrooms. I appreciate your thoughtful prayers that the Lord may help us uh, in that situation there. And people been saved in this all through uh, Punjab area. Some of the church is very close to Pakistan border. Uh, we have an extensive school. We cross border some of the men and training them, sending back. Instead of we going, we train them and send them so that they'll be able to just reach uh, that area. Then that led us to have another college in the center of India. Lot of persecution over here. 
people been killed. Even in fact, an uh, Australian missionary years back was killed over there with two kids. And we had a lot of uh, trained people there, a uh, lot of persecutions and problems, but uh, presently we have 120 students there. It was an extra school uh, turned to be in a Bible college and graduated over 140 students there. And many churches have been established in that area for the glory of God. All that happened by this man, his name is Sahu. And uh, 16 years back, I was preaching in Orissa State. He and a couple of friends came to distract our meeting and uh, they throw the stone on our meeting. The next day, we were going for the baptism. They brought the drum, began to beat the drum and dancing. And I was so furious and angry. Uh, but I cannot do anything. I'm a Christian. I have to smile at them. Uh, I took him aside and talked to him. And uh, I asked him to come to the meeting without your drums and without your rowdy friends. And he and one of his friends came. The second day, he trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the last day we, he'd been able to go back to his home because they, he was from a high caste Hindu. They kicked him off from the family. But he stayed in the local church. After a few months, he was uh, called to the ministry. So he came to college, graduated with the master's, and went back and started a church over here. And we found a lot of difficulties. So we began to start an extensive school. The highlight of my ministry last year, his father was about to get a lot of sickness and die. And he came to visit his son while I was there. So he just uh, met with me and talked. And uh, I spent nearly around two, two and a half hours. Finally, this man accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior and Lord. And accepted his son back to his family. And uh, after a month, he went with the Lord. We praise God for his salvation. And uh, the church uh, been established. College is growing over there, and we send out teachers that teach them. And uh, along with that, we've been able to plant churches there. It's also rented buildings, but we've been able to acquire a piece of land now. And uh, that's a project to uh, build in a school over there. Then we also got a children's ministry. Uh, uh, of course, Pastor uh, David Mitchell, and uh, he's one just uh, uh, doing a lot of help for supporting these children. Uh, this is my daughter, Debbie, and her husband. They work with the children's ministry, along with the Bible College ad Administration. And uh, this is our uh, first uh, home in southern part of India. That is a tsunami home. But the tsunami hit. We have 54 children just lost their parents within an hour. We sent out a lot of help for them, but we came across these 54 children. Uh, we could not walk away, so we just brought them in a church, Faith Baptist Church. And we kept them a few believers placed, and we've been able to just uh, build this housing for them. And uh, this is the church. Every children's home worked with one local church. So the local church uh, kind of governing them, and the pastor and his wife became their parents. And they grow along with the ch uh, church, so they never feel they're orphans. We don't call them orphans. And uh, so we call children's home. Our aim is not only feeding, clothing, sending to school, getting education, but more than that, aiming their hearts, they may come to know Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. So we had a little bit struggled last year because uh, the boys and girls began to grow, and the government came. They interfered unnecessarily. So uh, they wanted to have the girls to be separated. Or you have to keep only boys or only girls, you know, so that was a kind of dilemma. And a lot of money that finally God answered the prayers. We've been able to build another 
uh, project, another building for them. So girls are staying here now. And we have 54 children. All these children came to know Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. There are three students studying in our Bible college was called to the ministry. So thank God they are, are preparing for the ministry. And these are the children. Please do pray for them, those who are presently there. Then we have children in the central part of India. They are the victims of tribal fight. Uh, they look after by one of the uh, places called Chhattisgarh State. And uh, these are the transportation. They go to the school. And I can still use some more bicycles. These are the victims of the uh, leprosy. Uh, we have leprosy rehabilitation center in two parts. One is very, sun, uh, very northern uh, region of India, foothills of Himalayas. One is central part of India. Pastor Devi Malaki, he look after graciously. Every children goes to school, they need a uniform. That's a kind of special project we do. Every year they need a two pairs of uniform, shoes and extra. It costs nearly $45 and a, per individual. One or two I can sacrifice my breakfast and food, but we have 492 children. And this is one of the home in Orissa states. And Pastor Pradeep and his wife look after that. And the other one was Pastor Chatri. I was a graduate and running the Estrella School at the same time as a pastor and his wife looking after them. And this is the one, only girls' home we have. All these girls are from abused background. They were in Kashmir around two, three years back. I was here. There was a flood. We have to ship them. They've been uh, airlifted by the government help. They are in the northern part of India. And uh, now we uh, relocated them. Uh, they are staying in this housing project. And uh, uh, it's a very secure area, enough place to keep 35 girls, which we have, and uh, a place for the church, and a place for the family. And uh, this man is retired. He's going to sell this property. There are so many good offers for them. Very secure place. Finally, we put down nearly $25,000 and uh, looking forward to pay off the rest and appreciate your thoughtful prayers. Uh, some of these girls have been sold by their relatives around uh, when they were three years old. And uh, Pastor Lexman and his wife have been able to just uh, get these uh, children and uh, been able to just lead them. One of the girls is going to graduate this year, and she's going to come to Bible college in order to help the ladies. And our ministry is spread in Nepal. Nepal is also in a close mission field in a Hindu country. Been able to send out teams and establish churches. The city churches are growing. They also go to villages. One by one, sometimes we lead people to Lord Jesus Christ. People being saved and graduated. We have an extension Bible school there. Our training Nepal is there. And thank God we've been able to reach out many people. Then they're the northeastern part of India. A lot of tribals and a lot of uh, other struggles, but they've been able to start churches there, establish schools by our graduates. And uh, uh, nearly 80 children came to know Christ from this school, nearly 300 children studies over there. Our aim is to lead them to Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, our aim is uh, just not only bringing souls and discipling, maturing by establishing local churches. This man and I really just want to go to the field and uh, serve the Lord Jesus even in the midst of all that persecution. This church, there was an old church building was burned. Uh, two people been killed from this church. The pastor and his wife with a little girl have to flee for their life in the night, crossing around the mountains over five miles. And uh, But this man's a brave man came back and we've been able to build a building there 
I was there for the inauguration. Nearly the whole village came and uh, a thirst for God's word. And this man also went and uh, uh, we had worked with the men. Uh, separate men's meeting led nearly 32 people coming to the extension school. There are 32 villages being started, new churches there. Uh, but thank God for this man. This is Pastor Pavitra and his wife. Now they have three children there. These, all these children are the victims of that violence that is taking care of that. With, with, the, with the many needs, uh, we could not do immediately, but we are on the process of building two rooms for them. And I appreciate your prayers. And Lord may help. is a, a wonderful man and uh, sold out for God. No persecution can stop him. He just go and win souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we lead one by one to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we don't want a wishy-washy evangelism because uh, we work with uh, human souls and uh, they are truly that uh, they need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we lead them one by one. Then uh, uh, we just disciple them, get into baptism. All at five stages, before they get baptized, they need to obtain a certificate from the government before they get baptized, all at five stages. One of the states we gave application for 125 people, uh, there are 75 being approved. They go and investigate and uh, all out of trouble they go through. Otherwise, they will be in jail. So pray for these people and work rich in Myanmar. Pastor Upping and his wife work there and the graduates. We also got extensive school training Burmese there. And uh, the ministry is growing, church has been established. So I appreciate your thoughtful prayers that the Lord may help us to carry on this ministry for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. How much time I have? Ten minutes? I asked the pastor how much time. He said, can take my time. So <laughs> back in home, we don't have a clock. <laughs> we keep calendar. We turn over the calendar and preach God's word. <laughs> I won't do that because uh, I don't want to make mad of you. So we need your prayer support for our ministry. So, And uh, I appreciate your thoughtful prayers. Please do pray for my wife and uh, she been behind the ministry and uh, so, um, sacrificed many ways and uh, if she was not with me I will not be able to travel all across India and uh, uh, we just celebrated the years of our wedding anniversary and then uh, she was telling you might be lived here for 17 years or rest of the years we were traveling of course she sacrificed we thank God and for her commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, we praise God for her Recently, we've been diagnosed the early stage of Parkinson's. I appreciate the thoughtful prayers. Without her, I was not able to do what I am doing. So uh, I thank God that uh, uh, she understands that situation. She took with a good spirit. And so I appreciate that the Lord may work on her hearts. Uh, this morning, I was sharing something from the book of Genesis, which I like to just do. May only two people are here, those who heard that, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so uh, it will help today. I like to just, I'm like today, I'll finish it with the time the pastor gave, you know. So uh, you don't worry about it. I'll finish it. Uh, 
this uh, story of Abraham. You remember that Abraham was called and uh, he was obedient to God's call. He began to travel where the Lord is going to lead. And then uh, he just a little bit uh, 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 just went uh, uh, think about the promise of God. So he took the counsel of Sarah and they went with Hagar and God Ishmael. Then there was a gap of nearly 13 years. There was no fellowship, but God in his mighty mercy, chapter 17, he appeared again to God, again to Abraham. He said, I am the almighty God. I am the El Shaddai. And uh, 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 he trusted me. You may be weak, but I am going to fulfill. I am the strong one. And he promised, and uh, Abraham was uh, uh, encouraged by his uh, word and appearance. As the days passed by, one day Abraham and Sarah uh, made known, and they were, they were in the tent, and Abraham saw three people uh, coming to his, towards his tent. So he just uh, uh, went down and just brought them in. And Sarah cooked them a great meal, wonderful. And uh, a great fellowship. There God renewed his promise to Sarah and Abraham. Uh, by next year, this time, you'll have a child. And so, but thank God, he, she, he was, she was strengthened by the counsel of uh, God's people, uh, God's and God and his angels. Anyway, after that, after that fellowship, as the word of God says, verse 16, uh, chapter 18, verse 16, and the men arose up thence and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. So Abraham just uh, began to walk with them to bring them on the way. Then the Lord himself is talking. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that things which I do? A kind of thought there, you know. A true fellowship will uh, uh, bring the, uh, uh, the revelation of God to his people. They had a great fellowship. Abraham was given to hospitality and fellowship. And as God was just uh, talking himself, shall I hide? Thank God, every time God's word speaks to us, we praise God for that. So I, I put my title over here, Revelation Brings Responsibility. When God revealed the truth to you and me, that also brings responsibility, how we respond to that revelation. So God said, shall I hide? Then he just began to explain. The word of God says, verse 20, And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, God said to Abraham, say this the city, wicked. And their, uh, their, 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 their cry is great because of violence, dissatisfaction, and all those sins. If you go to the book of Ezekiel, you can see that was the sin of Sodom. And uh, so he said, so, so, so great. And the word here says, the word says, because their sin is very grievous. Very grievous. God hates sin, but he just uh, wants his people may return from their sins. Then he said, verse uh, 21, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it. I began to wonder that. God doesn't have to go down to see that. But he's giving the time, the long suffering of God. He's giving as much as they may repent from their sin. Uh, uh, sometimes we get uh, so much upset with the war, the things going around us, the unrighteous way. We get so upset and we talk about that thing. How much God been absent with each and every individuals over here and across the world. Thank God for his long suffering. 
very patience towards this. I often think about my salvation. 18 months in the hospital, fighting with the missionaries, became a problem in the hospital. Some of them don't come back to me. Yeah, they thought it's a, it's a good for nothing man. But this missionary doctor never gave me up. 18 months, he shared the gospel to me. Never one time, he just put a resentment word against me so that uh, he knew the God of this world blinded my eye, need to be opened only through the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is how much patience. Great we have in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. As we see over here, he said, that I'll go down, then the word of God says, then uh, the, uh, the men, verse 22, the men turned their face from thence and went towards Sodom. The two of them went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. The Lord was staying with Abraham. After God speaking these things, God was staying, two other angels walked towards Sodom, expecting how Abraham is responding to the truth which God shared to him. The next verse says, verse 23, Abraham drew near. Reminding me the word in the book of James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. A attitude of prayer and intercession, Abraham draw near to God. And praying, he said, will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Starting with the question, Lord, there may be some righteous people, will you destroy them also along with the Wicked, he said, but adventure, there be 50 righteous. Who knows, Lord, there be 50 righteous within the city. Will they also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein? He continued to pray, saying, but the, the word here says that, uh, that far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. And that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee. Then he said, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? He himself said, shall not the judge of all the earth will not do right? The answer is yes, sure. He will always do right. Then he said, uh, the, the, the word here says, that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right. God, he, Abraham recognized he is God, he is judge, and he always do right. Then the Lord immediately answered, and the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sake. Answer came immediately. If I find 50 people there righteous, I'm going to spare that city, Abraham. That actually motivated Abraham to talk again. He said, verse 27, uh, and Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak up unto the Lord, which I am but dust and ashes. Not only Abraham knew who God is, he also knew who he is. I am just a dust and ashes. You don't have to hear me. You don't have to answer me. I am just a dust and ashes. You are a righteous judge in the whole world, but thank God that you listen to me. Is that wonderful tonight to think about? The God who created, sustaining this world, listen, my prayer. His ears is always open for your cry. A wonderful we have in the Lord Jesus. He made that access through Jesus Christ for us. Then he said, verse 28, 
For Adamantia, there shall be lack five of the fifty righteous. Will thou destroy all the city uh, for lack of five? And God said, if I find there forty and five, I will not destroy. God was immediate to give an answer. Abraham, I know you are you, concerned. Uh, see, if I find 45, I'm not going to destroy. Uh, but Abraham is not going to stop there. The word of God is chased. Uh, I, and and the, the verse 29, and he spake unto him it again and said, For adventure there shall be 40 found there. Now Abraham really just take advantage, like your children take advantage with their parents, you know. It's just a little bit of opening, then comes more and more, you see. If five more, Abraham said, if there may 40, Lord. And God said, I will not do it for 40 sake. Look at God is spending time with him. God is willing to answer to him. And Abraham took that and just spent further verse 30. And he said, unto oh, let not the Lord be angry. Now Abraham knew that he's taking advantage of God. Oh, let not the Lord be angry. But Lord, indeed, he's not angry. According to chapter 18, the book of Ezekiel, verse 23, says that, have any pressure for the Lord, or the wicked may die in their sin? The answer is no. God is not at all having pressure to send the wicked to eternal hell. The God's desire is that let not none of them should perish. Give a chance, thank God, he just gave his own son, Jesus Christ, to this world. Could you imagine that he has given his own son for this dirty, filthy sinner such like me, that he was willing to go to the cross of Calvary, shedding his blood and died for me? Is there anything good thing in me? Nothing. I'm not deserving his grace. Thank God he was mercifully with kindness and passion. He knew my hopeless, helpless, lost condition. He knew only his son can save. He sent his son. He spared not his son. What a wonderful redeemer we have in the Lord Jesus Christ today. Could you see such as love, concern, and compassion, and kindness, any place, any religion in this world? There is no religion. There is no religious leaders. There is none ever lived such like Jesus who had compassion for your soul and my soul died on the cross of Calvary for undeserving sinners like me that in order to save me and you. And it, God, God, God is asking, Lord, be not be just angry. Of course, Abraham, I am not angry. And I will speak for when there shall be 30. Really, he's taking advantage. Five, five, now come turn. 30. And God said, if I find 30 there, I will not do it. God said, if I find 30 there, I will not do it. But Abraham is not going to stop there. <laughs> and he said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, for there shall be 20 found there. 20 found there. And the Lord answered, said, I will not destroy it for 20 sake. Look at the compassion of our Savior. God himself said, if I find Abraham, 20. Then Abraham began to think about, I know my nephew is living there. He should not be going there, but he has gone. But I rescued him one time, but he went and just married there. His wife and children and their spouses, maybe there won't be 20, but there will be surely 10 people there. There will be 10 people. So he just took another chance. Same verse 32, and he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry. 
and I will speak it, but this once per adventure, 10 shall be found there. 10 shall be found there. Oh, uh, uh, Abraham often thought about Yes, Lot traveled with me, saw that me worshiping, and he worshiped also. He went, uh, surely he should have just uh, led his wife to the living Jehovah and uh, his sons and daughters and, uh, uh, and their spouses, surely at least 10 people. How often we just assume people are saved? We assume sometimes because they go to church, they take carry the Bible, they give to the mission, they do this thing and that thing on the church. But let me tell you, but all those things are good, but none of those things are not going to save them. Except they receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. Bible's clear, he that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not a Son shall not see life. None of this religious activity is not going to take anyone to heaven except the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He only can save. And every believer must have that, uh, that real understanding with a shadow of doubt. We need to know that we are saved. I have four children. My third daughter, Susan, she was five years old. And uh, we got up early morning. We were doing some work. And Susan got up. Nobody's around in there. She came to our bedroom. No, nobody was there. And she thought, everybody's raptured. She began to scream, going to the kitchen, and happened to mommy and daddy and sisters. Nobody's there. Finally, I just came and hugged uh, from my office. She said, Daddy, I thought everybody was going to heaven. Left me over here. I said, no, Susan, you need to know the Lord Jesus. And uh, thank God that she's saved. Uh, praise God she's serving with the uh, other men and helping them. We praise God for that. How often we just assume that we are saved without a shadow of doubt. God expects every believer must know ye are the child of God. We are passed from dead unto life. Our names are written in the book of the Lamb. Thank God. His Spirit is living in me. Jesus Christ lives in me. Thank God that uh, I know my Savior. With a shadow of doubt. Abraham thought, maybe these people uh, might have. So he said, Lord, there may be found ten sakes. And the Lord said, I will not destroy for ten sakes. God said, if I find ten, I'm not going to destroy. And finally, verse 33 is very interesting. And the Lord went this way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham. Lord was not haste to go. When Abraham stopped communing, God has gone. The point is that he's always available when you and I call upon him. He's, no, he's, he's never been too busy for you and me. Abraham now taught me, at least 10 people, surely. As soon as he commun stopped coming, God went this way. But what happened? I strongly believe that night Abraham could not sleep. Went to his bed and he just rolling around, thinking about what's going to happen. God said he's going to destroy it. I said at least 10 people, God promised that if 10 people there, surely Lot and his wife and maybe all those people, surely they will be there. He may be, why I'm speaking, because chapter 19, verse 27, the word of God says, chapter 19, Genesis, verse 27, and Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. That was a priority. He just got up early, but ran to the place where he stood before God and communed with him, pleading for Solomon and Gomorrah. He went there. And the first thing he did, verse 20, uh, uh, seven, uh, 28, and he looked towards Sodom. There's two kind of 
going agony going in his life. He looked towards Sodom. What happened? What he saw? Toward all the land of Plain, and behold, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as a smoke of furnace. Oh, look at Abraham now. God, not even ten people. Not even ten people. How much sad he be. But I like the next verse. Look at God's compassion. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of plain. Remember this phrase. And that God remembered Abraham. God remembered Abraham. Even in the midst of that wrath, he remembered Abraham and sent Lot out. God's mercy goes beyond Abraham's compassion. But God remembered him. Maybe when the wrath of God is going to pour out upon this earth, will he remember your pleading, your intercession, your concern for maybe some of your family members, siblings, your neighbor, your friends, pleading and begging God to save? Often I thought about the doctor prayed for my soul 18 months. When my parents rejected me, I could not go and get into my house over eight years. Could do one thing, praying and pleading God to save my father and mother. I know they gave the best of their life to me, but the thing is that without Jesus, they are going to be lost. 16 years later, that's not a single day passed in my life, pleading and praying, begging God to save my father and mother. 16 years later, 1988, both my father and mother trust the Lord Jesus. God saves people. See, just to let me close with this year, like a time, when is the last time you took an extra step? Going to somebody's place, handing out a tract. Maybe sharing a few minutes with the gospel. The last time you prayed for somebody who's so dear and near to your heart. The answer to the problem of this world, whatever we see in Australia or India or across the world, the answer to the problem of this world is Jesus. Without Jesus, everything is lost. Maybe you are here. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Without a shadow of doubt. Maybe someone never trusted him. Will you ask him to come to your heart? He died for you. He risen from the dead. Living today. He's knocking on your door. Will you ask him? God bless you. Thank you.